Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 61, the very first episode of 2022. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by Camp Rock's favourite chef. Please welcome to the podcast, Maria Canals Barrera. Drama School Dropout, no graduation day for you. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm genuinely really excited. Um, you're the first person I've ever told somebody else about coming on the podcast. So I told some of my friends in uni today, I was like, you're never going to guess who I am talking to tonight. And one of my friends, Samantha, actually was like, please tell her I love her. Like, I love her so much. I've been watching her for years. And I was like, I probably won't, but here we are. <laughs> tell Samantha, thank you so much, Samantha. Oh, it's she an will, honor. That is me now in the good books for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first um, week of January. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Ingram. And I hope that we all had a lovely Christmas and New Year celebration oh, yeah. or however you celebrate, even though it's currently November. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? And it doesn't have to be a professional role, anything that you consider a role. Yeah. Okay. Well, acting has always been this passion that I followed and I didn't think too much about it. I just enjoyed doing it um whether it was imitating my mom and my sister would imitate her neighbor friend and their phony relationship <laughs> and their fake laughter we would do oh we would make my mother laugh so much and then just I couldn't wait to take it in school I was in all the shows I just loved doing it I'm sure there's psychological reasons why Probably. actors <laughs> need to express themselves and um, I'm positive, you know, need for love, <laughs> validation, attention, yeah. all of the above. And, Give us it uh, all. and it was just a lot of fun. And I remember, I remember my, um, my desire to be in the show when they were picking like in elementary school, they were going to do this celebration. And I put myself in the front, like I, so the teacher would grab me. I remember doing that. I remember wanting her to pick me <laughs> to put in the front of the show. So I just, just always loved it. And the first, you know, real, I mean, I did like, they, they chose me to be Mary in the little, in the Christmas pageant at school because I had the long dark hair, I think. And then, and then I got to be the R in the George Washington celebration. That's where I put myself in the front in fifth grade. But I think the, the role that really clicked for me where I thought this may be a real calling, a real something I can't deny was when I when I played Amanda in the Glass Menagerie in high school. Yeah. Because um, she, she was basically my mother, my Cuban mother <laughs> in, a, in a Southern woman's body. Yeah. And, uh, and our, our teacher was really like, he, he verbally said to the class how, how I was one of the best Amandas he's ever seen. And I couldn't believe that our teacher said that about me. And I even asked my friend, did Mr. Boyd just say that about me? And she said, yes, he did. And I realized that it was because I was channeling my mother Yeah. that I, you know, my mother was just like the Cuban Amanda with her gentleman callers and being the belle of the ball. So anyway, 
So if anyone's producing the Glass Menagerie on Broadway or anything, um, get in touch with me and I'll give you Maria's agent's number and we can make it happen. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I think it's totally true what you're saying about the need for validation and things. I had headshots taken last week and I got the untouched images back today and we were all in uni and we were all showing each other like, which one do you think's best? And oh, I've narrowed it down to my top 10. I need you to help me pick five. It was actually like, in retrospect, looking at it from a different angle, we all probably need some kind of medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's true, you know, and also it could just be that we weren't able or allowed or to express our emotions. So we needed to use characters in order to express them. Perhaps it yeah. wasn't something that was welcomed to express your real feelings. So uh -huh. we had to channel it somehow. Somehow yeah. we had to channel it. <laughs> and I remember the, the joy. And I remember in eighth grade when I made my friends laugh. It was yeah. such a thrilling feeling to, to be funny. Uh, so I get it why comedians get hooked, you know, uh, because I remember being in class and making people laugh and it was just so made me feel very alive. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely I thrive off of it. I think everyone does. But while I was what you need to go. So I'm at New College Lanarkshire and I'm doing a Bachelor of Arts in uh, acting. It's just called acting. I thought there was a fun name to it, but there's not. And tomorrow, <laughs> um, literally, as soon as I get off of this podcast, I am going to have to pull an all nighter because, as I mentioned previously, we've got technical difficulties on the podcast and I have an exam tomorrow. I do not know my lines. <gasps> that's, your, that's the actor's nightmare. So while I was doing my research, or as I like to call it, legal stalking, just because, you know, it makes it sound <laughs> a little bit more fun. Um, I read that you went to the University of Miami to study acting. Is that correct? Because I've been wrong a few times. No, oh, that's correct. And I, I graduated. I didn't drop out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got one up on me, although soon to be graduate. I will have to change that's the name right. of the podcast. Um, that's right. <laughs> what do you have? Like these feed my soul. Do you have a crazy or funny drama school story from your time there? Oh, gosh, I have several. Oh, several. Um, I have, um, you know, it's really a lesson. It's not necessarily funny, but <laughs> yeah. it's a lesson. So I um, I was the lead in uh, Moliere's uh, The Imaginary Invalid, a Commedia dell'arte beautiful funny play and i was the lead toinette uh and it's, it's it really showcased my ability to mimic because she, she she pretends to be a man she pretends to be she's like the head she's the maid and uh it was just a fantastic experience and i missed opening night because this is you know this is just something i want to share because i think it's good for for young people in school so there was this guy I was seeing and he wanted to talk to me. And I thought, oh, he's going to ask me to be officially his girlfriend. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And in, instead, he said that he didn't want to continue. And I know that it was because he wanted to proceed in, in areas that I wasn't ready for as yeah. a 17 year old and and I wasn't going in that direction and he wanted some of that action you know what I mean and I wasn't ready for that so um he wanted to look for a girl that was ready to do all kinds of things with him 
And so when I thought he was going to ask me to be more of a serious thing, instead he broke it off. My ego was so hurt. I couldn't believe it. And so after rehearsal, I went out with a friend and this friend was like, not good for me and said, you know, try this drink. And, and I didn't drink and try this drink. And I was like, okay, and try that drink. Well, he was misguided, my friend. He wasn't out to get me or anything. Yeah. And I got really, I got really sick mm -hmm. and so sick. And I missed opening night because I was so sick. And I, I learned a lesson that you have to really take care of yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. It was just heartbreaking because, you know, that's when the reviewers come and the understudy had to do it with the script in her hand. And that's when I realized, you know, as an artist, you have to take care of yourself yeah. and you have to take care of your health. You have to get sleep. You don't if you don't if you never drink, don't don't drink the night before. Mm -hmm. And it was just really devastating for to have missed that opening night. So um, I know it's not funny, but it's something that I really remember as a lesson. And yeah. so I never purposely got drunk again in my life. And if I did like two or three times, it was kind of an accident. Yeah. Um, but one need not make oneself ill to have a good time. You know, yeah, I have a drink or two and I feel, yeah, especially as an artist. I mean, you, your body is your instrument. You've had <laughs> such an amazing career. But what I always like to find out is what's been the most surreal moment. Where have you sat and gone? How is this happening? Oh, gosh, I would have to say with the global appeal of Wizards of Waverly Place. The fact that the fans, you know, Disney's tentacles reach far <laughs> yeah. and wide. And, and it's translated in every language all over the world, Disney's reach. And to have fans in Ireland and in Italy and I mean, just all over the world is yeah. really thrilling. And when they come up to me and they know who I am, even if they don't speak, if I don't speak their language, yeah. I was in an elevator in New York and this little girl, this Italian family, the little girl hits her mom and she goes, la mamma, la mamma. And the mother goes, ki mamma, ki mamma. She goes, la mamma, la mamma, the wizards of Waverly Place. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, you know the show. It was just, um, I mean, I get it every day, every single day, comments like, you were my childhood and uh, you were my favorite mom or it just really touches me because it's a teen show. And for the for fans to have such affection for the mother character is very yeah. touching to me. And I think it's because she was very well written. You know, she wasn't a thankless parent role. Teresa got to really do some fun things, you know, when we were <laughs> under spells and yeah. when we gave parenting advice, it was it was just a a well-written and really well-cast family show. Mm -hmm. So the affection that people still have for it is what makes me just in awe. I mean, it's been over for 10 years, but it's still on. And, and we have new generations of fans and the love that they have for it and for me really touches me. And it does, I do have those surreal moments like, wow, thank you, Lord, that, you know, I may not have gotten every single role I ever wanted, but one of the wonderful roles that I got to do and a project that I got to be part of is something that is so loved and that still lives on. So yeah. I'm very grateful for that. I do have to admit, my parents were really cheap and wouldn't pay for the premium <laughs> television. So I never got <laughs> Disney Channel when I was a kid. So I sort of missed the Wizards of Waverly Place sort of era. But what I did catch was a film 
that is part of my childhood will always be part of my childhood. And I'm still campaigning for the third one, Camp Rock. We're going to talk a bit about Wizards of Waverly Place and Camp Rock. Um, mm-hmm. So in 2007, Wizards of, Wesley, Wizards of Waverly Place premiered. And then in 2008, Camp Rock premiered. And you became a main player character on Disney. You were the face of Disney for the mother characters. And I would probably even go as far to say, I'm hoping that I'm phrasing this in the correct way, praying <laughs> the face of Disney for Latino people. Yeah. I hope you are Latino and I just haven't said that without thinking. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. My parents are from Cuba mm-hmm. um, and my great grandparents are from Spain. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, definitely Latino, Hispanic. And uh, yeah, it, it was a really wonderful thing. And unfortunately, not as common as it should be, where an American that happens to be of Hispanic heritage is part of an American family mm. without it necessarily being a Latin story yeah, or an immigration or, I mean, I don't even know what that's about. Having been born in America, it's not something that, that I, that's not like the only thing that I can play, but you'd be surprised. I even have to say that um, so many times if something is about a certain topic, then they'll think about hiring an yeah. American of Latin heritage when they just should be like seeing all kinds of people, all yeah. kinds of shades and backgrounds for all these different American characters and choosing the best one. Yeah. Well, that that's hasn't been how it's been. Hmm. So finally, I think um, it's happening a little bit more because there's pressure for it. But Disney didn't have to have their arm twisted. Disney yeah. was very open to finding the best talent. And when mm-hmm. they found Selena, who happened to be half of Mexican heritage from her dad's side, who was an American first, um, that's her culture, right? Of course, embracing her heritage, but it's part of her, it's not all of her. Just like with me, it's part of me, it's not all of me. Yeah. So they needed a Latina mom for her to play. So that's, they were very open to that. And, and they picked, um, they picked us actually before Wizards. We were we did a pilot together that did not get picked up. That was a spinoff of Lizzie McGuire. Wow. That didn't get picked up. Yeah. And then um, they brought us in for the Wizards. And that was actually had a different title before. It was called The Amazing O'Malley's when oh. our last name was O'Malley. Exclusive. Yeah. And what I love about Disney, too, is like much like the, what you read about in the the um the era where they had the um the studios where talent was signed to the studios and they they developed their talent and they found projects for their talent disney had a little bit of that which i happen to appreciate where when they have a project or a talent that they like if it doesn't go or test 100 percent the way they wanted to they don't just throw it out yeah they tweak it they they added uh you know they recast people or add new characters we used to own a magic shop and they changed it to a substation mm-hmm. i used to have just two kids now then i had three kids and now the dad is a different dad a different kind of character so they work on it and they make it what they want it to be they don't just you know most network tv shows when they you're in a pilot if the pilot doesn't test well or they don't think it's what they want it to be they just throw it out yeah and that's it that's the end of that and it's it's not how Disney worked. And that, that's why I really appreciated being part of the 
Disney family. And Gary Marsh, who was the president of Disney, is just an amazing hands-on kind of person mm -hmm. who really cared about the shows. And um, that's why they did so well under his leadership. But what I wanted to ask you, um, and I, I always find this interesting. So that couple of years where you were the main player on Disney and Camp Rock One was at the height of its success and um, the, the Wizards of Waverly Place was one of the best TV shows on TV. Could you describe that time in your life using one word? Fun with a capital exclamation. <laughs> uh, capital letters and three exclamation points. My daughters were younger. Mm. Um, they're, they're now 18 and 16. And we would go to all these fun events. Uh, we would go to premieres and they would come on set mm. and we'd go to Disney War, uh, Land. Um, and it was just untapped tickets. Yeah, they'd give us like eight tickets a year with a guide, so it was like mm. amazing. We we didn't have to get in line. It was we, they spoiled <laughs> us eight times a year, and it was just so much fun. Well, that's nice to hear because you do hear some of the younger people. I'm, I'm going to say that on Disney, who are slightly more entitled, that talk about their time not so pleasantly. And it, it's very nice to hear that you had a good time. Uh, I'm... Well, remember, I was a, I was a fully fledged adult. Yeah, you're it's a professional. Difficult, especially with, well, they're the stars and they're in the most difficult, as you know, prepubescent yeah. time. And it's very, very difficult. So I understand that. Um, but you know what's interesting is our producers brought us in early on after we were like, I think after our first Emmy and said, I want to talk to you guys. And I just want to tell you, don't miss it. Don't miss this. This is not the norm. Yeah. And of course, David DeLuise and I, as the adults, we were like, that's right. We've done projects and pilots that don't get picked up or that get canceled. I mean, it's the nature of the beast and yeah. it's painful. So for these kids, for their first or second time out to be part of such an amazing project that is such a hit, they wanted to make sure that the kids enjoyed it, appreciated it, and didn't miss this moment. And right. I thought that was really wise. And I think they did. I mean, we had some, we had great kids on our show. Selena, David, Jake, Jennifer, just terrific. Greg Sulkin. They were great kids in that they were prepared, professional, yet still kids. They weren't completely you know like one of these adults in a kid's body that all they do is say good morning and you know these kids were kids they were allowed to be yeah. kids and come come to set sleepy in their sweats but still bring it you know mm. very yeah. professional so then moving off of that if you were to ever write a memoir what would you call it i would call it um because you know i i've been asked to speak at universities and it's been it's been really great yeah. and the opening line of my my speech is ever since I can remember, I have always wanted to be in the show. Wow. I call it that, yeah. or I'd call it my mother's, my mother, um, I would call it, she was queen of the carnival. My mother won a beauty pageant, 1957 Cuba. And there's pictures of her on the float waving. And uh, she was reina del carnaval, which means queen of the carnival, which is like a big deal. Yeah. And she was such uh, an influence in my life in good and negative ways, mostly good. Mm. And I think she's a she's a big reason why I became an actor. Kind of good crazy. <laughs> the 
good crazy. You know, it was Burt Reynolds who told me, you know, Burt Reynolds is. Yeah. He's an icon who's passed away. But my first television pilot he directed that I did in, in L.A. And he said, you see that person over there? Somebody on the crew. That person's good crazy. There's good crazy and there's bad crazy. That person's good yeah. crazy. He was giving me the heads up. <laughs> yeah. Another question that I always like to ask, because I, I think it's really insightful, is if you were doing um, a one month run in the West End or on Broadway, you can pick. I just want you to be in the West End so I can come and see the show. And you're doing a two person show and the producer comes and says to you, Maria, listen, we've paid for everything and we've still got a ton of money left. Right. Who do you want to be your co-star? No financial restraints. You can pick anyone in the world. Oh, wow. Oh, they wow. have to be alive. That's the one right. caveat. I was going to say Anthony Hopkins. Is he alive? I think so. I can quickly Google it. What an amazing actor. We're going. We're going to Google it. Anthony Hopkins. The remains, uh, remains of the day. Elephant He's still Man. alive. Um, Silence of the Lambs. I mean, yeah, I would say I would. that's the first person that popped into my mind. Maybe because you said <laughs> the West End. I thought of a Brit. Um <laughs> I'm just um, upset you didn't pick me. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Well, then, are you expensive? Are you expensive? I, 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 for you, I'll work for free. <laughs> for, only for you, though. Um, this year, we already know that you'll be in a recurring role opposite Don Johnson in the ups, upcoming season. I can't speak today. In the upcoming season of <laughs> Keenan on NBC. And you'll be returning to the new iteration of The Proud Family called The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, which premieres in February on Disney+. Plus. All of the info will be in the show notes below for everyone listening. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything else that we can expect? Have we got anything coming I'm up? I'm doing a movie right now. Um, uh, it's um, the, the title's changing, so I'll let you know when the title is firm because I don't want to give you the wrong title. And I'm playing my, my husband and I are playing married a husband and wife oh, which is really fun. nice it's a lot of fun you know not all married people work well together <laughs> but we do we do because he takes my notes I'm just kidding. <laughs> he does as i say he doesn't take my notes <laughs> but uh he's actually a wonderful actor you know he's he um we met doing a staged a play in la he's he's you know the the retelling of the jeffrey dahmer story on netflix that yeah. ryan murphy doing my husband's playing the chief of police and that's going to be really good. It's told through the eyes of the witnesses and the victims. So it's kind of a different POV because we know we all, we know all about Jeffrey Dahmer. You know who that is, I, right? I'm currently adding that to my um, to watch list. He's the serial killer. That, he's a serial killer that yeah. was a cannibal. Uh -huh. I, yeah. I, I'm just saying that I'm already adding it to my to watch list. Oh, okay. okay. We're getting right um, in there straight away. We're going to play a game now, and it's called Stage Right okay. or Stage Shite. Okay. So it's stories that are sent in by our listeners. We have three stories. Two of them are stage right, which means they are the whole truth, the nothing but the truth. And one of them okay. is stage shite, which is a big fat lie that's made up by our producer, Heather. And I have the answer okay. in a sealed envelope, so I can play along with you. And let's see okay. if we can find them. These stories feed my soul. They are my favorite thing in the entire world. Wow. Some of them are disgusting. Some of them you turn okay. around and you go, I don't care about the game. I just don't want that one to be true. <laughs> but number one, my auntie mm -hmm. is a full-blown Karen. A couple of years ago, she took a trip to New York City during the summer and ended up seeing a few Broadway shows. 
after one of the shows, this racist, my auntie, wrote a long-winded review on Facebook about how she was too confused about black people playing the founding fathers, and she personally couldn't see it. This bitch went and saw Hamilton and had the <laughs> audacity to critique it. I would say just, stage show. Oh. They've just fully outed their auntie. Yeah. <laughs> Should I tell you what I think? We can talk about it if you like, but we still got two more. Oh. So do we want to wait until we've had all three? Number two, my friend broke her knee during a sex scene on stage. At least the noises sounded realistic. That's the entire story. And number three, (laughs) during my final year at drama school, in my final show, I completely forgot the last scene. But I managed to BS my way through it, and I had to say the last line of the play. And I'd completely forgotten it, and there was no coming back from it. So I just took my two co-stars hand and sat hands and started singing. We're all in this together from High School Musical. Now, if three is not true, I am going to be very upset. (laughs) I really want that one to be true. So what do you think? I think the first one is stage shite. So you think number one's a lie. I hope it is. I really hope it is. You can't just be outing your auntie. Well, I mean, you can if she's a racist. (laughs) And, uh. I think sta- I think the second one is stage right. Yeah. And I think the third one is stage right. Yeah, I- I'm going to go with you on that one. I'm going to go for number one. I hope it's number one that's the lie. But then if it's if it's a lie, I'm going to be like to my producer, why did you oh, just Oh, is say there something? only one lie? One is lie. Only one lie? One lie. Oh. It's two truths and a lie, okay. basically. And I just put a fun name on it. But I- I'm going to answer. I'm going to open the thing now. Oh, we were wrong. It was number two. So it was the, the lie. The, yeah, number two was the lie. So somebody didn't break their knee during a sex scene on stage. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say that was intense. <laughs> um, we're coming to the end of the podcast now. Thank you so much for coming on. And for all of the viewers at home that don't know that I was eight minutes late today, I, I, I apologize profusely and hope that you'll forgive me. Of course, Ingram. It was a pleasure to speak with you and your your audience. Thank you so much. Where can everyone find you on social media? At Maria underscore CB. And it'll all be down in the show notes below. Are you on Cameo or anything? Can people book you on Cameo? Yes, I'm on Cameo. In fact, I have to to do one today. Yes. Well, everyone go down in the show notes, click the link and buy a Cameo from the wonderful Maria. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been genuinely a pleasure. And if you're ever in Glasgow or the UK, hit me up. I know where to get cheap vodka and good cheap vodka. And I'll take it because I don't have an opening night the next morning. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But thank you so much for coming on. And I have to just comment. uh, I can sort of see the reflection of the weather in L.A. You're in L.A., right? Yeah. L.A. is my favorite place on Earth. And I'm just really really jealous that I can see that the sun is shining and it just looks beautiful. And I'm looking out my window and it's pitch black, pitch black dark. And I'm ready to go to bed. (laughs) But I'm not. I yes, lines I, to I, learn. I hope that you that you remember all your lines and that you do a great job on your performance. Thank you so much. Well, by the time this is out, it'll be long gone. I'll have forgot about it. Oh, oh yes, I forgot. I'm so <laughs> glad you 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 nailed it, Ingram. I'm so glad you nailed yeah, it. And me too. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. And I genuinely, even though it's gonna be uh before this, I hope you had a lovely Christmas. I hope you had a lovely New Year celebration or however you celebrate it, but I will let you get back to normal life. Thank you. You too, sweetheart. Bye-bye.
And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 61 completed. Thank you so much to Maria for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know and it's free, so why not? If you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. I will be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode with one of Waterloo Road's favourite teachers. So make sure to come back next Tuesday. Have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Bye. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Thought your whole course Now try something new Drama School Dropout